Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds, fish nerds, fish nerds, it's a podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fish Nerds, a show about fish, fishing, and eating fish. I'm Clay Groves, Chief Executive Fish Nerd, Licensed Fishing Guide, and your best friend. Doing a special show for you this week, celebrating the release of a new book called Chasing Shadows. Our friend Rhett Talbot and Greg Skomal, Dr. Excuse me, Dr. Greg Skomal wrote this book. Let me give you a little bio and then we're going to talk about the interview. Now, first, Rhett, we know Rhett from the podcast, been on lots of times, but here's his bio from Amazon. Rhett is an award-winning independent journalist and writer who covers ocean issues and fisheries at the intersection of science and sustainability. His work can be found in publications such as Discover Magazine, Nat Geo, Manga Bay, Ocean Geographic, Coral Magazine, and Yale Environmental 360. Talbot lives in the coast of Maine with his wife, scientific illustrator Karen Talbot. We know Karen makes those really great glasses, the uh, the angler's pint, but she also did illustrations for this new book, Chasing Shadows. Looking forward to talking about that. Greg Scomo, who I hadn't heard of before reading this book, uh, while I was reading the book, interesting, he came up in the local news, but Greg Scomo is one of the leading great white shark experts in the country, reveals the true nature of these mysterious apex predators, as well as a fascinating story behind their history and startling resurgence. Dr. Greg Scomo, shark biologist, whose lifelong passion has been to gain a more refined understanding of great white sharks, was the center of it all. This is the story of the great white shark's return to the eastern seaboard, told through the life of a scientist who found himself in the oftentimes thankless position of having to balance conservation efforts and the drive to do important science with panic and fear in the court of public opinion. This is going to be a really fun interview. Looking forward to you hearing it. Um, You can pick out Chasing Shadows anywhere you get books right now. And I know that Greg and Rhett are are touring around signing things too, so pay attention for all that. Now, the, same, the last time I interviewed an author, the same thing happened, and we were talking about Panthers. And after the interview, I found out that there was documentaries to watch on National Geographic. Same thing happened during this interview. So I would recommend you read the book. I recommend you go on, on uh, Nat Geo, which is part of Disney now, and you could learn all about Great White Sharks. There's a Disney Plus show right now called Return of the White Shark with Dr. Greg Scomolina. He's been in Shark Week a bunch of times. I... I should have paid closer attention because I could have watched this video and then read the book and then interviewed and have better questions. But, you know, you only can do so much. So make sure you get your copy of this book and let's get on with the show. All right, Fish Nerds, I'm super excited because with me now over Zoom is, excuse me, Dr. Greg Scomel. Good afternoon, Doctor. Hi, Clay. Good to be here. Doctor of Sharks and, and uh, Rhett Talbot with no accolades. None. And uh, longtime listeners know Rhett Talbot. He's been on the show a number of times. They also know Karen because of the beautiful artwork they do. And uh, happy to have you both on here. And uh, I want to start out, we're talking about the book Chasing Shadows, My Life Tracking the Great White Shark. It's written by Greg Scomel and uh, Rhett Talbot. So I'm curious, so autobiography. Rhett, how did you write an autobiography for Greg? <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> Magic. Magic. No, it was um, it, it was a it was a great relationship. It was uh, we both share an agent, and as you can imagine, with um, how sharky things have been, um, in Greg's state down in Massachusetts, um, he's he's quite busy, and 
our agent desperately wanted him to write this remarkable story. And uh, when I had some free time at the beginning of the pandemic, she contacted me and said, how would you feel about working with Craig and maybe get the story told? And so it became this fantastic partnership that I've really enjoyed. Well, you have, you must have a good agent then, because that seemed to make sense. And I, I read the whole book. It took me till this afternoon to finish it because I'm a very slow reader. Um, but I but I really enjoyed it. Greg, congratulations, by the way. Um, I'll tell you. So I have I had an agent for a while and she wasn't he wasn't able to sell my book at all. So I feel proud of you guys. <laughs> How's it feel? Well, you know, Clay, I can't say enough about this book wouldn't have happened without Rhett, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. You know, it would happen maybe 10 or 15 years from now and it wouldn't read as well. So um, I'm indebted to the agent for making this happen. And I'm indebted to Rhett. For making this making this happen right and the book starts off it goes back to like the 1970s and 80s and rolls right through like almost the pandemic so it's kind of a fun arc of your life chasing these sharks and my, my favorite part of the book and red i could have taken this as a separate book was at the beginning of each chapter you had these shark stories as they carried through it was in the and what i liked about those is it it was a it was like a biography of a shark's behavior but also in there was all this like science and anatomy and how the sharks lived and how they ate. And it started off, I think, with a male shark and kind of ended with a female shark and they kind of came together. So really kind of a neat arc all by itself. I would have read that. So this book is going to live in the back of my toilet and I'm going to read those all as one story and see how it flows. So that's my plan. <laughs> well, that was a brilliant move on the part of, of Rhett, really, you know, we wanted to tell talk, talk about the science without boring the hell out of people. And, right, and uh, I've met Rhett before, and he can go either way. So, jeez, <laughs> <laughs> Clay, with friends like you, wow, um, I think that's great. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I think Rhett did a great job with that. You know, we 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 built the science of the shark through the eyes of the shark, and um, and that took out some of the the, the textbook feel that would have been if I just you know, you know, spit out facts about white sharks. Right. And I, and I, I really like the way that was done. Now, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead. I'm not going to give the whole story arc away to people. I think everyone should read it because it's written first person, which is my favorite kind of way to read a book. And because it just feels like you're talking to me the whole time. But I really got excited in the book. I'm going to skip right to kind of the middle when you started tagging white sharks. Um, because this really does, you were the first person, is that right, right to in Atlantic, in the Atlantic, to tag a white shark. Is that right? Did I read that Well, correctly? to use, really, um, I need to qualify it because it it was to, the first person to use an electronic, electronic you know, yeah. uh, high-tech tag. You know, there's, you know, the beginning of the book, we talk a lot about the shark tagging program. Jack Casey, a, a major part of my life, um, consumes a bunch of that first part of the book. Right, and, working with all the anglers and getting them yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah, and there was... I want to say 32 or 31 white sharks tagged through his program well before I tagged that one in 2004, Gretel. Gretel, when you started naming the sharks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which was quite a struggle, as you see in the book. Yeah. So um, can can we talk about the tags? Because one thing I wasn't clear about, because these were pop-up, I think the phrase was pop-up tags or pop-off tags, or I Mm. I don't understand. I I kind of missed how the tags work. Can you run through that with me? So they're, they're... Yeah, I mean, you probably glazed over it because it gets, uh, we try not to get in the weeds with the functionality of the tags, but 
we talk about multiple tags in the book. The first one we were deploying on White Sharks is what we call a pop-up satellite tag. That's the one. And the way that works, it's it's a satellite link tag, but it doesn't tell you where the shark is in real time um, because those tags don't work really all that well on White Sharks. Um, so what it does is it archives data. So it's a data logger, and but it's got a clock built into it. And then it detaches from the shark up to a year after we put it on. And after detachment, it floats to the surface, it pops up, so to speak, and then transmits data through the satellite back to us so we can do a kind of a retrospective analysis of what the shark did over the year after we tagged it. Okay, that that, that makes more sense. I kind of missed that in the book. And for, for listeners, and this is in the book pretty clear, this is my favorite chapters in the book are the shark tagging chapters. But for listeners, can you can we give them a taste of what shark tagging looks and feels like? Yeah, I, I mean... Fortunately, we have a nice color inset in the book with all the, you know, bunch oh, of great See, photos. Greg, I have the, the uncorrected proof with no pictures in it, so. Oh, yeah, Rhett yeah. must have given you that one. Yeah, okay. my favorite. Don't worry, Clay, I'll send you a good one. Don't worry about that, you know. I, I'll i send that, a good one to you. So yeah. you got, there's photos in it, and, you know, we use a unique technique in that we, we go up to the sharks while they're hunting in shallow water, and we place a tag. Uh, using a, a long tagging pole and a small intramuscular dart with a needle. And we just pop it under the, at the base of the dorsal fin while the shark is free swimming. And we do that because we don't want to change the behavior of the shark by chumming for it or handling it in any way. So there's a great photo of us doing that in the book. Right. And you, and you kind of downplayed it a little bit because it's not just you driving over them and tagging them. you got airplanes yeah. telling you where the shark is and then you're up yeah. on on this on the bow of the boat what's the thing called a, like a plank of some sort what, what? uh yeah yeah i walked the plank it's a pulpit the pulpit the pulpit of the boat yeah right yeah, and the, so boat, the boat from it. and the boat is driving over these sharks you got a 12 foot pole and you got to stick yeah. it just right in the shark or it won't work so yeah it's yeah. not and so it's simple a, no it's it's not simple it's it's a and it's a team effort you know you mentioned the plane there's a boat driver there's um, me at the pulpit of the boat, there's somebody collecting data, which is Megan Winton. I mean, there's, there's a lot of parts to this and they all have to go right. And the shark has to cooperate. You know, if the shark goes down 10, you know, five feet, I'm not going to be able to tag it. No, it has to be just right. And they're not, what, what I found interesting is I, I would figure with the boat coming over, then the shark would get spooked and just take off, but they don't seem to care. Well, that's the functional role of the pulpit. You see, I'm basically in essence, uh, 11 feet ahead of all the noisy boats. Because oh, yeah, the so motor's in the back, so you're actually further than the noise. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm forward. I'm forward of the boat and the noise. Um, if the if the shark feels the boat, sees the boat, it will be spooked. So we're out on the pulpit. That's pretty exciting. So you got that one done, and then you had your friend come in to do a whole bunch more. And uh, I really love the story you told when when you tried to go out on your own and tag the shark using the wrong boat, <laughs> and you lost your tag and. <laughs> yeah. that, that that level of failure i felt so many times in my life that i kind of felt your pain as i was reading it yeah i'll let uh, yeah Rhett, 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 i gotta be honest I, you know i didn't want to include that uh, for obvious reasons but you know Rhett wrote it up nicely and and um i think it's important to show the failures as well as the successes well it makes you more human you know otherwise you're wearing a cape and you're a superhero if you're not making mistakes and i think that we all do that, but you got the those and those tags were expensive. I couldn't get over how expensive they are. Yeah, there's a four thousand dollar tags, and, and the ones we're using now with the cameras built into them, which are also in the book, those are up over ten thousand dollars. So they're they're expensive pieces of equipment, and and hence the role of 
you know, of money in this whole process, which uh, you'll see in the book is not always easy to come by. No, in fact, the, the book is heavy with how you fund things and how you take care of all that. And uh, and, and I could, I'll be honest, on those sections, I kind of skimmed <laughs> the money parts because I wanted to get more to the, the shark tagging and uh, <laughs> and and the, the sharks eating whales. There's so many things in this book. Uh, Rhett, when you were working with Greg on this book, how did you how did you decipher his storytelling versus your writing? How did you decide how to curate that? Yeah, it was, um, it, I mean, it was remarkable that I was sort of handed this um, this story when Susan, our agent, originally approached me and said, what do you think about this? And I did a little bit of digging before I talked to Greg the first time. Um, you know, I, I covered the wolf reintroduction to Yellowstone pretty extensively back in the 90s. And to me, this was just this, remarkable conservation success story that really hasn't been told well. Um, and and so I, I was just excited by that. But then the first couple, um, Greg and I would, in, in the beginning, we would talk maybe once a week and have an hour long conversation. Then I'd sit down and do some digging and some research and some writing and send it to him. And we'd then have a conversation and follow up. The thing that was that I that I did not expect, I mean, I knew Greg was, you know, the white shark guy in the Western North Atlantic, but I did not expect just the trajectory of his story was so powerful and and, and compelling and, and just amazing. Um, and so so for me, that became really exciting. And I, you know, um no disrespect to Greg, but at times I almost viewed him as a character. I mean, his it's just that his character arc through the story is is absolutely remarkable. And so for me it was just a matter of um you know asking questions over and over and over again and having Greg tell the same story over and over and over again. And, and um and it, I think we, I think we found some, some, some really incredible material. Yeah, it, and it is. It's a, it's a, it's kind of an easy read too. It just the book flows with that arc. I kind of at first, you know, it started off talking about Greg when he was younger, watching Jaws, and how that kind of got him excited about. Greg, I'm talking about you like you're not here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but <laughs> but how how Jaws got you excited about it, and then the Jaws theme carries throughout the arc of the book as as well. And Greg, I don't follow sharks as closely as I should. So I never watched Shark Week. I had no idea that you were involved with Shark Week until you mentioned it in the book. And you have all these great that you talked about the video uh, that you guys took filming Shark Week when the uh, great white got on top of the cage. And I had to stop reading and go to YouTube and try to find that video <laughs> because I got so excited about it. And I'm, I know I'm going all over the place because I just finished the books. So my brain is just scrambled up trying to figure out where to where to ask questions. I'm like, remember that part that you did that? It was really cool. You know, it's not, not good questions. <laughs> but Greg. But Clay, uh, I'm sorry to tell you this, Clay, but that picture of Curly, that 18 and a half foot white shark mm -hmm. is in the book. It's in the book. Not in my copy, <laughs> yeah. though. Not in your copy. <laughs> well, I have to go. I have to go to White Birch Books and buy one <laughs> locally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you, Clay, some friend Red is. Jeez, uh, gives you the one without pictures. I, I, I love Red. My first impression of Red, I went up to meet Red. Actually, I didn't go to meet Rhett. I didn't care about Rhett. I went to go meet Karen and talk about Angler's Pint when they were first launching. And I had a great time. And then Rhett was there. He had like 30 kinds of beers out. And, and we were chatting. And we started talking about squid. And the first thing he did was text uh, a, you know, Rich Ross, one of the big squid guys in the country, who I've been following forever, who's great friends with Pendulette. And so like I've been... And I'm like, Rhett knows everybody. So I had to, I had to be friends with Rhett after that. I had no choice. And then look, good choice. Full circle here with choice. Greg. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Greg. So, so 
you've been chasing great white sharks for your whole life now. Yeah. For yeah. Your, and sometimes not catching them. Um, yeah. Pretty much. So it was, you know, it's a, it was an aspiration um, of mine as a child. And I think that comes out in the book. And and part of our messaging, of course, is to is to read is is to inspire kids mm -hmm. or, you know, to, to follow their own, you know, chase their own shadows, whatever they might be. But, yeah, I've had a lot of great experiences. I think the book talks about it. We also talk about other species in, you know, in the book, some of those experiences with Greenland sharks, basking sharks that I had, you know, as stepping stones up to to. Uh, uh, to, to finding the Holy Grail. The Holy Grail of the Great White Shark. And and you can yeah. read the book, The Excitement, when you finally started to find them in numbers in New England waters. And this has come up in the podcast before. I've had anglers on who don't like the seals and don't like what's happening down the Cape. Uh, but the seals comeback is related to the comeback of the Great White Shark. It's a huge conservation win. Can you talk about what that win means for the ecosystem? Yeah, I mean... We've all heard the complaints from the fishermen, and 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 my response lately has been, let you know, give give it time and let the white shark do its job. You know, the ecosystem will find its natural equilibrium. Um, you know, here we are. You know, we we often put regulations in place for conservation, and sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. And here it is, a couple of apex predators of me. You know, the the seals and the sharks coming back, um, and. You know, that's that as as Rhett said, this is a conservation success story. And um, but with it, you know, comes, you know, issues. It's it's complicated. And we talk about that very well extensively in the book. You know, what happens when you restore a predator to to an area where humans have become accustomed to not having that predator and it gets hot? It gets really hot in that room. Um, and so, you know, that's a big issue, I think, that society you know needs to deal with and, and at times and is currently struggling with well it's, it's a tough one because we have all grown we all grew up with watching jaws and other shark horror films and so when we hear sharks from the water it's a little spooky to us now what i found interesting in the book is you talked about uh you talked about how people thought if you announced there were sharks around people wouldn't visit the beaches but that didn't happen people still went to the beaches because you know they're beaches <laughs> so so I thought that was an interesting outcome there. Um, now, interestingly, three weeks ago, I, I make the morning news for local radio, and I had to quote you in the news. As So you were mm -hmm. quoted by WMUR News, and I was using a story they wrote in my morning news, and so I had to quote you, and I thought, I know that guy, kind of. I've got one person <laughs> away from, it doesn't matter, but it was talking about the recent shark sightings on the Cape, so it's the same story you tell every single time. What do you say to people about the sharks? Uh, well, you know, I, this time of year, the media is, in essence, frenzies mm -hmm. over sharks because word. it draws attention and it sells newspapers, all those kinds of things. And, you know, the smallest shark incident gets blown up to an international level. So I get phone calls usually through the first half of July, and those are starting to temper a bit. Um, but this is, you know, this is what happens. You know, much of it's a media frenzy, but you know, there are also some signs that we're restoring more than white sharks to our East Coast, you know, um, list of fish species. And, that, you know, then that's a good thing. You know, we're, we're starting to see sand tigers come back and we're seeing spinners and black tips, a number of species. And the Long Islanders are dealing with that right now because um, these animals are feeding close to shore and they're overlapping with human activities. So um, a lot of commentary about that, but still conservation success and the implications associated with it. Right. And I always, I, I always, I used to work on salmon, the Atlantic Salmon Project. I worked at the MSK Fishways. 
And I always would tell people when you're working hard to save a top predator or a top animal, everything else comes along with it because it's, it's that cuddly, attractive animal that now we can talk about other things with it that go along with it. So it's really kind of a nice, a nice win. Uh, so this is, we, we, we prefer the word charismatic over cuddly. Uh, well, that's because, you know, as cuddly <laughs> as I, <laughs> I can't think of the word, I, what do you call it? Charismatic megafauna or something like that. Is that what's yeah, that's is it. That the language I read? <laughs> yeah. I, I prefer the Bambi factor. It's cuddly. <laughs> so it'll, it'll work. And, and great white sharks right now are so trendy. Like sharks right now are very, very popular in a positive way. There, I mean, I've, I've interviewed lots of authors recently about new shark books coming out, and everyone wants to talk about sharks all the time. So this is really good for your industry. Has has the popularity in sharks helped with more funding? Yeah, yes, yes and no. Um, but, you know, certainly government funding is not going toward a lot of shark research because there are management plans in place that are, you know, grinding away, and it's going to take time. White sharks are already, uh, to some extent, pr protected in the U.S., so they've moved on to other species. So the government hasn't really been all that helpful with with shark research. But you know, as you see in the book, uh, we have you know various vectors we get money from, including the the largest one being our the Atlantic White Shark Conservancy, which we highlight. You know, I think very effectively. I think so. I think so, and that's critical funding for for keeping for keeping things going. So you're on a book tour now. Are you, are you going around traveling, talking about your book? Cause you're right now is a big time for you for sharks. How are you managing to balance yeah. it? Well, I'm kind of relying on Rhett. Rhett, Rhett I think has set, set up a lot of great um, book to a book tour. And I'm doing a few mm -hmm. trying to fit them in between going out on the water and do, actually doing my job. But mm -hmm. I'm hoping I will emerge this fall and uh, be able to pick it up and even do some, we're going to do a couple together, Rhett and I, um, which is great, you know, so, uh, but I know he scheduled a lot of events. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been following Rhett on Facebook and it seems to be every blink of an eye. There's a, there's another event scheduled, which is exciting. Uh, so th this is pretty cool. Uh, Greg, is this your, I, I didn't look up your bio. Is this your first, first book? No, you know what? This is another great way that Rhett and I connected because um, we both love aquariums and we grew up with aquariums. And so I wrote a whole bunch of aquarium books, um, like a dozen, um, <laughs> including saltwater aquariums for dummies. Really? And so, yeah. yeah. And then I then I did some shark books. I did the shark handbook, um, mm -hmm. the shark handbooks in its third edition. That's kind of an overall discussion about sharks, more technical, but at the same time, entertaining with lots of photos. But yeah, so I've, I've written a lot and, of course, a lot of research papers, which nobody reads. <laughs> right. Well, people who are in college will read them. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll grab a piece of the abstract and drop it in there as a citation. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. So, Rhett, you've taken the lead on putting together this kind of promotion of this book. How's it been going? You had your big launch last week? Yeah, it's been great. People are people want to hear the story, and um, you know, obviously, a lot of people know Greg from um, from from Shark Week and and Nat Geo Shark Fest, um, and and that's you know that kind of primes the pumps, and people want to learn more about that story and sort of have the curtain pulled back a little bit, and um, and you know, again, to me, this this story is it's this it's this uh, this joining of this conservation success story with this incredible sort of life story of Greg's and, um, and people are just excited about it. So, um, so I've been having a good time. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a hot topic on the coast of Maine, obviously, because sharks are not just uh, Cape Cod 
um, thing. Um, so people have been very receptive all the way up from Lubeck all the way down to Portsmouth. So it's been exciting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And I, and I hope the book does well. Chasing Shadows, My Life Tracking, The Great White Shark, Dr. Greg Scomel and Rhett Talbot together, putting this book together. Now, Rhett, Karen did the artwork in it. How was it working with Karen on a book with, with Greg? I mean, we love collaborating together. Yeah. So it, it was a, it was a wonderful opportunity for her to be able to, uh, to add some artwork. Originally it, it was, um, you know, she's got a scientific illustration there, which is obviously, you know, in her wheelhouse, but um, the spot art she created for each chapter, I think really adds something to the book. And then um, Greg and I divided the book into three parts. Uh, the first part being, um, you know, the early years, 1960s, 70s, which really focuses on Montauk and Long Island. So for the for the first part, Karen did a nice picture of the, um, the Montauk Lighthouse. The second part of the book really focuses on Greg's years on the vineyard, which were uh, remarkably formative um, and important. And so she did a picture of, of one of the uh, the lighthouses on, on the vineyard. And then obviously the third part of the book looks at the tagging and and Cape Cod and, and what happened uh, with the explosion sort of post 2009. And so she did a nice picture of the Monomoy Lighthouse. So it was really fun for her too, because she got to stretch a little bit beyond just doing I'd say just, just beyond doing her sort of more traditional, yeah, just, just scientific illustrations that are perfect. Right. Yeah. Just no big deal. <laughs> no, no, there, <laughs> go ahead, Greg. Uh, no, I can't say enough about Karen's uh, work. It, it's beautiful. It makes the book so much nicer. I think it's appealing. Um, I love it. And the great, and, and you know what, she did that on her time, which was wonderful, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm a huge fan of Karen's art. So I'm, I'm, mm. I can't wait to look at the real book and see what that looks like. And in, <laughs> in, in my proof, the spot art spot art is in there. So I get a little bit of taste of Karen's art there, but I don't have the, the hardback copy yet. So I'll, I'll take a look at that soon and, uh, and report back. I'm sure. Uh, Greg and Rhett Talbot, thank you so much for your time today. I don't have a lot more time. Do you have any parting thoughts? What did I miss? No, I think you touched on it from my perspective, just enough to tease the reader to mm-hmm. buying it and, um, there's, it's, it's packed with, with information and I think it's a, an adventure, you know, and, uh, I can't believe I lived it, but I can't thank Rhett enough and Karen. And of course, uh, Susan Canavan, our, our agent and thank you, Clay. Oh, sure. And I'll tell you what, Greg, you're not wrong. It really is an adventure. There are some chapters where you are racing through the pages, trying to see if you're able to tag that shark or escape from the shark that's on top of the tank that's eating the dead whale. I mean, there's so much, so much in there. <laughs> That you get you get excited and you actually missed I, I missed some some details as I was reading I had to go back because I got <laughs> excited to see you know, did Greg die I, mean, I knew you didn't die because you wrote a book but <laughs> but but you could have died <laughs> on on your best day of your life you almost died from a shark so that's that's pretty that's not bad not bad that's your words by the way that's not <laughs> I know <laughs> or maybe it's Red's world I, I don't know whose words are whose but <laughs> either way Red any parting thoughts. Um, well, as you know, I work with a lot of scientists mm-hmm. and, um, and and usually I'm fortunate enough to be to embed with scientists in the field and report on them sort of firsthand from my own observations. And because we started this book during the pandemic, that couldn't happen. And I just can't thank Greg enough for for opening up the way he did and really being willing to tell his story and to go places that I wanted to go that maybe sometimes he didn't want to go. But um, it was just a great collaboration. And um you know, again, I work with a lot of scientists, and uh, and Greg is Greg is a is a rare one and a good one, and and you know that that's what we need. That's what we need for whether whether it's conservation of trout or um, or or white shark.
We need scientists and who are accessible and friendly and the kind of person you want to sit down and have a beer with and talk about these animals as opposed to uh, somebody who you know lives in an ivory tower. So, so obviously, huge kudos to Greg. Right. And, uh, you know, Greg did a good job holding his breath this uh, episode because you didn't call him Dr. Greg once and he didn't get mad at you. You were telling me off air that <laughs> whenever you miss the doctor part, he gets really upset with you. So afterwards, <laughs> you'll get your flogging and find out. Oh, the lashings will come. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You guys are killing me. <laughs> All right. That's Rhett Talbot and uh, Dr. Greg Scomo. Uh, thank you so much for making time. The book is Chasing Shadows, My Life Tracking. The Great White Shark, available everywhere now. Is that right? Yep, wherever books are sold. Yeah, and, and uh, you can follow uh, Rhett Talbot on, on the Face Place and find out where the uh, next signings are so you can get your signed copy. I have to, I'll drive up to your way and get my book signed, Rhett. We're going to be over in New Hampshire. Well, I'll drive your, wherever you are. I'll come and we'll, All right. we'll get it signed and we'll say hi there for you. Thank you so much for your time today and we'll catch up with you soon. Thanks, Clay. Okay, good. That's it. So this will drop probably Monday. You guys did a good job. So Thank you. Hopefully listeners will feel, feel some personality and, and buy your book. <laughs> so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Clay. This is great. Hey, and Greg, it's nice to meet you. Uh, pleasure. I hope, to, I, hope to, I hope to see you in person. And uh, again, yes. I'm, I'm super excited about, I'm, I'm, I'm always so excited when someone gets a book out because I know how hard it is. And so I'm super proud of you guys. Nice job. Well, thanks, Clay. Yep. Thank you very much, Clay. I appreciate it. All right. I have to go to trivia night now with my wife, so I <laughs> got to get Keep going. Good to see you, Red. <laughs> Good to see you, Greg. Bye. I'm Bye. Sure we'll talk to you soon. soon. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Recording stopped. So that's it. You've listened to a few fish nerds, shark nerds today, when you should have been fishing. Big thanks to Dr. Greg Scomel and Rhett Talbot, Karen Talbot, too, because you have to thank Karen for coming on the show. And until next time, follow the code of the fish nerds, spawn early and often. Never trust a free lunch of strings attached and swim against the current every chance you get. Whether you're fly fishing in a stream, getting those ankles wet, or deep in the ocean casting nets, fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast. Just for the halibut. Fried in a basket or broiled in a pan. Eat it raw like you're in Siam. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. Fish nerds. It's a podcast.